Good morning. Awesome. This is just phenomenal. I, I, I want to give a word of just hope for anybody that's in your life that may be fighting coming to church or listening to his word. You had to bring up the white van, put a black hood over my head to get me to church way back in the day, and now I'm here. So Amen. he works in very amazing ways. Just let him do his work. Let him do it. Um, <clears throat> First thing I want to do, and they kind of did it, uh, uh, first off, common cause. My goodness gracious, you guys are outstanding. You almost made me forget. Thank goodness I have notes. I would have been completely lost up here. So I, I, want, to, I want to thank, uh, take a moment and thank the veterans and the people that are currently serving. Thank you so much for giving the ultimate service in our current time. So thank you so much for that. And wow, um, I want to recognize you for what you've done. And, and watching the videos, you really see the sacrifice that they're doing in modern day. And pushing their families aside for us. It's amazing. So I do need permission. I do kind of get a little bit real up here. So if it's cool, just to speak from my heart and let it flow how, however the Holy Spirit. If you can give me permission by saying amen. amen. Awesome. Thank you so much. And those of you who didn't, I'll just pretend you said it in your mind. <laughs> uh, it's interesting that we're talking about giving. We're talking about service. Today this is a big weekend about serving. And I did a little bit of math. And we're, you know, a lot of us, you know, if I asked you to come up here and say, all right, so here you go, it's your turn, you'd be like, I'd rather just jump out in the middle of the street and get hit by a car. Um, There's different ways we can serve. So uh, I know that financial times come up and down in our lives, but I just did a little bit of math. And imagine just for a moment, if we had 100 people here every week, just 100, and everybody gave three bucks each week, that's $300 a week, doesn't sound like much. But as a compound effect takes over, that money grows fast. And in 15 weeks, that's $15,600 that we're putting together as a congregation to help spread God's word to people that might not even know who Jesus Christ is. So I'm just, I just want, we need to start thinking and wrapping our heads around just going a little bit outside of our box sometimes and think about how we can serve the best. And uh, sometimes it's just a few dollars here and there. It's, it's that, uh, it's that Snickers bar at <laughs> Publix. Let's bow our heads real quick. Uh, thank you, Jesus, for allowing us to be here today. Thank you for, for speaking life into us. Thank you for keeping the rains light, but still bringing the rains down on top of us because we know no matter how long it's raining in our lives that the sun is right around the corner. Please guide us and direct us in everything that we do, Lord. Let us look to you. Let us serve you the best way we possibly can, Lord. Give us the strength, the courage, and the knowledge to receive your grace hope and strength. Let the person that I'm, sp- I'm talking to today hear this message loud and clear, whoever that is, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So I heard, uh, I was in the back talking to Andres, and she was telling me about her friend uh, who's a pastor. And it's very interesting is he had cancer in his leg. Uh, he went back in three surgeries, correct? He had three surgeries. And finally, on the fourth time, he went back, and they said, we have to amputate your leg. And most people would be kind of bummed about that, right? But I love his message that he sent. He says, it feels wonderful to be back in church. I don't understand why people miss church so easily. I get so blessed. I got so blessed this morning. Yes, I had to push myself to be able to make it because he had one leg. He's brand spanking new to the amputee world, but it was totally worth it. I even got to play. Next step, I'll be back on the pulpit. See, that's grabbing on to God's hope. God gives us hope. That's why we're here. 
we are full of God's grace, and it's because of his grace we are full of hope. See, we have, there's no reason why we can't smile 24 hours a day. Well, I guess we sleep sometimes, but I smile in my sleep maybe. <laughs> there's no reason for us not to smile because when we have hope, man, I'll tell you, it's what wakes me up every single day. Otherwise, we just sleep. I heard yesterday something very upsetting. Over 90% of Christians are afraid to share their faith. That was really upsetting to me. Because that's nine out of ten people. Oh, there we go. Awesome. The attitude of Christ. Now we're up. And it's, it's interesting. You know, so many of us, we come to church and we sit here and we, and we get a, an amazing message. We get filled with the Spirit. We get filled with God. And, and we feel phenomenal when we walk out. And then... We feel good, we go to lunch, we hang out with our family, we, you know, maybe we, we praise God a little bit more at home, and then when Sunday comes around or the next day comes around, we kind of go back to regular life again, and we pull back, and we just go, man, I really can't wait for Sabbath to get here again so I can praise God. And I, it was me. And I was like, well, actually, it was like, ugh, i got to go to church again. But <laughs> it's different, and it, and it kind of morphed into, man, I can't wait to get to Sabbath again because I really need it. I need it. It used to be like, man, we don't watch television, or we don't, we don't go out and work. I'm like, I've got stuff to do. And uh, that's not what God wanted us to do. He doesn't want us to work seven days a week, 24 hours a day. He doesn't want us to do that. He wants us to rest because our bodies aren't ready for that. They're not, they don't, it doesn't work that way. That, you know, when you're in distress, it's because you're stressed. You unwind. Let God take over your body. And when you let him take over your mind, body, and spirit, whoo, man, oh, man, miracles come up above. All right, as you guessed, this is about service. So Philippians chapter 2, verse 1, is there any encouragement for, from belonging to Christ, any comfort from his love, any fellowship together in spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Love this. Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, and working together with one mind and purpose. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others as better than yourselves. That's a hard one to do sometimes. We judge quite often, and we don't even do it on purpose. It just pops. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take interest in others too. That's a powerful message because we're putting other people before us. It's like, well, what about me? You know, they say when you're on an airplane, right, you take the oxygen mask and put it on yourself first. So I've got to be saved first before I can save anybody else. Well, that's not necessarily true because if you get hit with the spirit and you spread that spirit out to somebody else, maybe they get it quicker than you. See, we all learn at different degrees. We all uh, absorb messages differently. Imagine if you said, man, I was at church today and I heard this message. This is what it was. And you, that one person says, I'm touched. And they create a ripple effect that goes across the earth quicker than you possibly could. It's part of that 90%. We need to stand together. See, the Great Commission tells us that it is the instruction of Jesus Christ, kind of an important person, to disciple, to spread his teachings to all nations of the earth. He told us to do it. It wasn't like Pastor Bill was like, hey, you guys make sure you need to spread God's word. It was Jesus Christ himself that said this. And we get concerned about it because of judgment of what people might say to us. You know, I uh, had a conversation with somebody and some of the things that he had called Jesus, 
maybe want to put the Bible away for a minute. <laughs> and uh, here's the thing. When I look at somebody like that, I used to judge them as well. Shame on me. How do I know how broken their heart is? That they don't know how to accept love for themselves. So we serve them instead of judge them. The true way to spread his love and his word is to serve. I love that word. That word has engulfed my entire life. Because to serve is to show what God truly is. He sent his son to us. If it wasn't for that, could you imagine where we'd be? I'll, your silence tells me your response. And mercy. Thank you. <laughs> so, I love, this, I, I love this image. You know, uh, one of the, my, my favorite things to do is to teach Sabbath school. and says, you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. You know, I love the children. I love the kids in class because... Actually, I'm going ahead of myself, but who cares? Holy Spirit's taking over, right? So <clears throat> he, uh, I love the kids because I'm asked them. I'm like, hey, will you guys help me? Will you serve today? And they're like, yeah, what do we have to do? And then when we talk to us, and I engulf myself because sometimes I'm here too, will you help serve? What do I have to do? And then it's a yes, right? We allow ourselves and we allow our, our human busy lives to get in front of God. And if it wasn't for him, none of us would be here. We'd be in trouble. So thank him. When somebody asks you to serve, say, yeah, what do I have to do? And then you make your decisions. Saying yes to God is saying yes to everything. It's saying yes to eternal life. It's saying yes to eternal salvation. And isn't that what it's all about, man? It's about being with God. It's about being on the right-hand side of him. I'm going to be here all morning if I don't get going here. <laughs> it's about humility. <laughs> Though he was with God, no, I'm sorry, though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. See, he could have said, look, man, when they asked him, who are you? He could have been like, uh, hello, I'm God, listen to me. But he didn't. He says, I'm the great I am. See, if you knew my father, you'd know me. And people, some got it. I like what Peter denied him three times after he was being told, you're going to deny me three times. That cracks me up. Uh, sometimes when we tell our boys, I'm like, you're going to do this. And like, nah. And then they do. <laughs> I love my boys. Uh, they're awesome. <laughs> so <laughs> where are we here? All right, awesome. So instead, he gave up his, design, his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being when he appeared in human form. You see how he's washing his disciples' feet? That is an ultimate form of humility. He was God on earth watching human beings' feet. Man, yes, you had asked me the first, remember the first time you were like, we're watching feet, I'm like, oh, what? Oh my gosh. Can I, can I, do I have to? I did. And it was amazing. Because I felt Christ come inside of my heart. He taught me humility that day. I put my own self aside. It's remarkable how often that when we move forward, Oh, sorry, I have one more slide. He humbled himself in obedience to God and died in, in a uh, criminal's death on the cross. And I remember it's one of my, there's, there's different segments of the Bible that really stand out to me the most. And one of my favorite is, forgive them for they do not, what they do. They do not know what they do. And he's asking his father to forgive somebody, forgive the ones that are doing this torturous 
atrocities to him because in their minds they were doing what was right. And he said, forgive them because they just don't know. It's very interesting. All right, the entire law, this is awesome, is summed up in a single command, love your neighbor as yourself. In Galatians, right? Oh, nope. Hold on. That's okay. I'll keep going where I'm going. So how many times do we walk? (laughs) I love this image. I found this image on Google because it was funny. (laughs) So how many times do we interact with people and we don't say a word to them? They have a grump look on their face. Maybe they're just looking at the ground, just angry. Or we go through the, the serving line, the cashier line, and the person's just unhappy. And what do we do? Most of us, not all of us, most of us, we just go, you should be serving me. Can't believe you're in this mood like you are. And all of a sudden, guess what happened to us? We get a little black dot on our heart that may affect us for the rest of the day. Imagine just for a moment if you just went, hey, how's your day going? And they were like, ah, it's rough. Today's been a rough day. And he said, man, I'm sorry to hear that. Do you know that those simple, easy words is an extension of the Holy Spirit to somebody? How many times do we walk past past people on the streets and they're just engulfed in their phones? I'm kind of guilty of that sometimes. And they look up and they go, hmm, keep on going, right? And when they look up, you go, hey. And they go, what? Hey, this guy just communicated me with words. (laughs) It's okay to have a conversation with each other. Next time, and some of you guys get this, next time you're walking down the street, look at somebody and smile. Watch how uncomfortable they get. They're like, what do they want? Imagine if you just gave somebody a smile that needed it that day. We don't know what people are going through. We have to just assume that just because they're grumpy looking doesn't mean they're mean. Then we have this one. The homeless that we walk past. Uh, I don't remember how long ago it was, but I'll never forget this day. We were, pump- we were getting gas, and it was, we were financially um, a little unstable. And I saw a gentleman up at the gas station, and he's going through the garbage. And it was apparent that he was in financial strife. He was in trouble. And I, I, can, I convinced myself to not do something. I said, well, I don't have any cash on me, so, man, that's stinky. I don't know what to do. And then there was a little voice that said, well, why don't you just use your debit card and go buy him a sandwich? And I was like, oh, well, I'm done pumping gas now, so I put my thing back up on the on the rack, and I got in our car, and I drove away. And that haunted me for a long time. Now, I've forgiven myself for that, but I'll tell you what it's done for me. It's taught me something. It taught me something that when you see somebody in need, you don't turn your back on them. Because let me say something here. Where are we here? I wanted to write this down because I saw it online, and I grabbed it, and I took it. I wish I could give the person credit for it. I just forgot who said it. (laughs) Each of these individuals is someone God created and gave his son for Ask them about their day. Compliment their outfit. Simply take a moment and listen to them. Use your discretion, of course. Don't invite, you know, complete strangers in your home. You want to be a little careful there. But by investing in other people, we open their hearts to prompting them of the Holy Spirit. You're showing somebody you don't know love. And that's what serving's about. In Matthew, man, I can't see that far. Matthew 25, 40, I tell you the truth. The king says, when you did it to one of the least of these brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. 
So when you're serving your brothers and sisters, you're actually serving Jesus. Isn't that like, how much higher of an honor does that become? There's an old saying about how an act of kindness, no matter how small, it can never be meaningless. Even the minor displays of loves can change lives for the better. Really simple things like, you know, do you know somebody that has a new baby? How about asking them first, by the way, if they would like a meal? <laughs> or maybe, and moms may, may or may not agree with this one, probably will agree. One of the most important things in the first couple of weeks of having a baby, moms, isn't it like just taking a 10-minute shower? Amen. Can I get an amen on that one? Yeah. Right? Because you get so engulfed in your children, you're just like, oh my gosh, I pushed my whole entire life aside for these children, which is warranted, right? You won't regret anything. But we can help somebody. I remember coming home one day and I just saw Danielle's face and she's like smiling. And I said, what's going on? She's like, Ashley came over today and I got to take a shower. I'm like, so excited. It was like the best part of the week. (laughs) So helping somebody, serving somebody, showing somebody, showing God's love with a 30 minute visit. How about (laughs) helping somebody move? I'm not talking about spending your entire day packing everything up and doing everything for them. Imagine if you just went over and helped somebody with a couch and helped them take the couch out the front door and load it in the truck and be like, man, I only had five minutes, that's all I got. They're like, thank you. I don't know how I was going to do it. It's serving people with the tiny things that shows God's love because even touching his robe can change your entire life. It's exciting to be up here. Don't ever pass up an opportunity to help where it's needed. These are the moments that may be brief, but they'll be remembered forever. When you help somebody like that, they will help somebody else. It's going to happen. They're going to get an opportunity that they may not have seen if it wasn't for the moment that you spent with them. Because a lot of times they go, ooh, they're carrying a couch. Oh, I just got a text. Hello? Wait, no. I mean, I got a phone call. Hello? Hello? (laughs) <laughs> you know, all of a sudden they drift away. Proverbs sixteen sixteen says, how much better to get wisdom than gold and good judgment than silver? I had to read this like three times because it wasn't making any sense in my mind because we have so much value that we put on gold and silver. How much better to get wisdom, comma, than gold and good judgment than silver? See, good judgment and wisdom can take you, wow, anywhere. You see, just like cars need gas, just like knives need sharpening, and just like Christians, we need to stay educated. A lot of times we come in here and we we get taught at by the pastor, which that's exactly what he's doing. He's teaching. He's teaching you the scripture. He's showing you a different way to look at things. He's bringing it to fruition. He's, he's, He's bringing it to the to the new world or however you want to describe it. But as soon as the sermon is over, we're like, man, that was amazing. I feel, whoop, charged. And then we go to lunch, looks like I was saying before, and we talk a little bit about it, and then a lot of times it's done. See, here's what I encourage us to do. I don't know where I am here. Oh, that's okay. So here's what I encourage us to do is to understand that real wisdom is earned by the individual. In other words, it's a good idea to take notes throughout the sermon and read about it. I'm, I have, if you notice, I'm bouncing in different pieces. 
of the Bible. I'm pulling what I feel is relevant to what I'm talking about. It's one verse in a chapter of how many books in the Bible. See, we need to also read the front and the back part of it to get the whole impact. It's very important for us to do that because it's, as we sit back, we can let our minds wander and forget the whole reason for us to be in here on earth. It's a weapon of mass distraction. <laughs> Where am I here? I'm glad you guys laughed at that. You laughed because you knew. Every Christian needs to spend time with the Bible, and you guys know that. I'm not going to beat that to pieces, but understand that when you, when you take the notes and you go, man, that really meant a lot to me, and you go back, guess what happens when you, when you really study it on your own time? It starts getting engraved in your mind, and when you get something and the Holy Spirit pours into you, you're going to want to go more, and that's what happened to me. I, I started reading. I'm like, man, oh my gosh, that's why that happened in my life. I wonder why everything else happened. So I started going further and further and further. And by the time that Danielle and I were finished our whole entire studies, my whole life laid out in a timeline so perfect. It was like somebody designed it for me. I knew everything that happened and why it happened because of the scripture and the words that God spoke to me through the Bible. And coming to church, you get a great message, but man, don't let it stop there. Don't let it stop here. You want to know what the owner's manual of life is? It's this. It's not the stuff we read on social media. It's not the things that people tell us and when we're around them or how great people tell us that we are. That's awesome. It makes us feel good. But this is where it is. Everything you need to know about life is in this book. Excuse me. That was loud. So remember, when we're, when we're, when we're actually when we're going through the Bible the way it is, and we're studying on our own and bringing it to our own accord, we're actually studying for a grander test. And if you want to know what that test is, take a step out one day into life like you do every single day and watch how Satan will come and give you a pop quiz multiple times a day. You want to know the answer to that pop quiz? It's right here. Hebrews 13.2 says, Don't forget to show hostility to strangers. Be cautious. For some, for some who have done this have entertained angels without even realizing it. You know, one of the things, that, in fact, you beat me to the punch twice today, uh, is that we're looking at uh, weekends when we can start inviting people to our home. We did that a couple of times. It was amazing. Like, it used to, I'm like, man, it's a lot of work to do this, but, you know, it should be worth it, right? It should be. And then by the time the day was over, I'm like, and every single time I tell Daniel, I'm like, that was awesome. We need to do this more. And then six months will go by. And then we're, I'm up here talking about it. <laughs> so it's cool to open up your home. Now, uh, I, t- <laughs> I took these images off of off the internet, and there's lots of eggs here. There's lots of potato salad. I'm not. I don't know what that is. You can't. It's pink. That's pink stuff here. It's grapes. I recognize the grapes. I didn't understand what that stuff was. That was pink. Anyways, it was right. It's just somebody's telling me. Everybody's trying to guess. Maybe you guys will fill it in and send it to me later if anybody can guess what it is. But isn't it cool to sit down just for a few minutes and have some dinner with somebody, have some lunch with somebody, invite somebody into your home and get to know them as a friend? You know, that's what Jesus did. How many people did he eat with? He ate with the sinners. Woo! Man, he really frustrated some people there. 
There's a reason why Jesus frequently chose to share meals with his followers. Hospitality creates trust between strangers and builds bridges over the rough landscape of our lives. If Christians want to share God's love with their neighbors, this is so easy. They simply just need to invite them over. It's really easy. In fact, one of the reasons why we typically don't is because of cooking. Have people bring their pink stuff over. That makes it fun. You guys can have a, have a uh, what is it, charades? <laughs> this is a big one here. Uh, man, this is a good one. But when, praying, when, but when you are praying, first forgive anyone you are holding a grudge against so that your Father in heaven will forgive your sins too. Gets bigger. This is an important one. If you forgive those who have sinned against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. Matthew six fourteen through 15. This is a tough one. And I see this as one of the biggest, one, one of the biggest lessons we can adhere to. That's not a warning. That's a promise. When we start forgiving others, it's not about being angry towards people or holding spite or grudge. It's about removing the black marks on our hearts. See, I believe the Holy Spirit hangs out right here with me. Hangs out here all day long, constantly talking to me. And when I have dark spots on there that because of I'm grudgingly against other people, it's pushing a little bit of them out. I don't, I don't receive him fully because I'm not doing what he's commanded me to do. Where are we here? How many times... Don't worry, girls. I got one for the guys, too. <laughs> How many times do we get cut off by somebody, and that's the face we make? Um, she has way too many fingers up, though, for most people. <laughs> How many times do you get cut off, and all of a sudden we're angry? It ruins the rest of our day. This person almost hit me, roar, and everybody goes, roar, and... Now, all of a sudden, the whole workplace is all in an uproar talking about how crazy the, the drivers are in Florida. Not you guys. You guys are amazing. Um, <laughs> but then we talk about it. Now it's a big old fest of, of anger. And then there's this guy. He got cut off too, and he brought it into work, and we spread it around the office. And the next thing we know, we're sitting there listening to the main guy. This is The Office, one of our favorite shows. Um, and we have people like Dwight sitting there telling about how insane everybody is and now look everybody's upset and angry we don't need to let power into other people there's no such thing as having the letting the letting someone else have the ability and the power to disrupt who you have been chosen to be by god they don't have that power over you nobody does because of that i think i have a happier one yeah i do Oh, I knew I'd get at least one all. <laughs> when a friend blows you off at the last minute, it's not personal. It's not about you. Something came up. Things happen. Because Christ says, forgive others so I can forgive you, you can go, hey, it's cool. Not a big deal. I'm good. I hope you're Okay. That person cut me off. Maybe they had to go to the bathroom. <laughs> Maybe they're going to see their wife who's having a, a baby. Maybe somebody just 
passed away and they're hurrying up to get home to be with their family. We don't know what other people are going through. That's why it's so important to walk through life with an attitude of Christ. Now, am I innocent of any of this stuff? No. Do I get angry? Yes, every once in a while. Quiet, boys. <laughs> God teaches us that forgiveness means letting go of grudges of, and of the expectations for payback against others and choosing love over retribution. Love. Mm, God's love is, is whew, man, oh man. Galatians 5, chapter 5, verses 24 through 25. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. So if we take a look at that, just for a moment here, you know, remember, uh, remember those bracelets that said WWJD, what would Jesus do? I'd be like, man, why do you guys wear those ridiculous things? What an amazing reminder that is. It's a reminder that when I'm acting and people are acting towards me, it's like, well, what would Christ do in this situation? I'd probably forgive him. Oh, fine, I forgive you. You know, it's, at least it puts, the, it puts it in your mind that, like, if we have the attitude of Christ in everything that we do, like, I can't speak for the people that are not hearing my voice right now, but imagine if we did this, how would that spread to other people? How would it take someone like myself who led a very egotistical and prideful and angry life and allow Christ to come into my heart and make a switch almost instantaneously when I found out how much he loved me, what he gave for me, and what he sacrificed for me? How does that change other people? They're probably going to tell you you're crazy. What happened to you? You'll be back. No way. Not with Jesus. And it's all about serving. We live really busy lives, guys. I get it. I work from home. I've never been so busy in my life. This is the craziest thing in the world. Yes, Danielle, we get up at quarter to five in the morning, and man, seven, eight o'clock at night, I'm like, oh, still got to do a couple things. Jump on my computer really quick and check on my phone on the way to the bathroom. <laughs> we live really busy lives, man. One minute we're walking to, we're going to work. The next minute we know we're walking home from work or we're driving home from work. Then we eat dinner begrudgingly with our families. We don't allow these around our house when it's dinner time. We have music on. Contemporary Christian, by the way. We usually hang out as much as we can with God. And then we watch TV until it's bedtime. And then we prepare to do it all over again. Imagine for a moment if we just stopped and took a look at what God's splendor is. My favorite place in the world to connect with God is, is on the water. I'm not, I don't know why. It's just something about it. In fact, if I stared at it too long, you guys would lose me. Whoops. We, have, we live in such an environment that God has created so many beautiful, wonderful things for us to see, the boat, but we're so busy here. And I'm not, look, I'm not, I'm not against our phones. My whole business sits in his thing. It's crazy. I'm not against it. But every once in a while, we need to stop for a few minutes and really understand what he's given to us and, and, and feel his love in our heart so we can spread it to somebody else. Look how beautiful that is. How many, how many, on the way home today, carefully please, 
Look at the stuff around when you're driving home. <laughs> if you get an accident, it's not my fault. <laughs> but just go like this, like really quick, quick glances. Take a few minutes and pray with your kids. Um, at nighttime, we do nightly prayer, and Danielle and I, we do our best not to. We let the boys do it. And their prayers are something else. You don't hear, give me anything. Please be with the people on this earth. Let them be happy. Anybody that's sick, please cure them. Anybody that has cancer, please help them find a cure. Anybody that's sick, please, Lord, give them the strength to get through this. It's amazing. Kids, man, before the world gets a hold of them, they're so amazing. (laughs) We live in such an environment that it allows us too often to forget to worship Christ regularly. What's cool is that worship itself refreshes us and gives us a new beginning each and every time. Before you step out the door each morning, sit down, take a moment, and thank God for a new day. If you were in a nice area, spend your lunch an hour walking around praising God for his workmanship. In the evening, make a space where you can be alone with God only for a few minutes and be grateful for your day. You know, I heard a story, I think, sweet. I heard a story uh, recently, and it was about a young boy. I don't know. I think he was like 10 years old. And he was at night. He was praying before bed, and he's like, God, you know, please show me the message that I need to, to spread. And he goes to bed, and he, he's laying in bed, and he, and he falls asleep, and he, he, he dreams. And his dream is, I don't know if I have an image up. I do. His dream is that he opens his eyes and he's standing by all these, like as far as he could see, these storage units. Like as far, like he couldn't even see so far. And he hears, he hears this, this voice, son. He's like, yeah. He's like, what are you doing? He goes, who are you? And he goes, I'm God. Come on. And he says, what are all these storage units, God. And he says, well, let me take you over and show you. So he opens one, and when he opens one, they all open up. And inside, he can see all these boxes with names on them of his parents, his friends, his aunts, his uncles, all the people that he went to church with, his buddies from school. Every name he could possibly imagine was all over these boxes. And he says, wow, are these presents... And God says, sort of. He's like, well, what are they? And he says, these are all the unused gifts that I have given to all of my children all over earth. And I'm storing them away for the day that they realize that that gift is specifically designed for them. So as we sit back, oh, and he says to his young 10-year-old new disciple, When you go home and you see your friends and family, let them know the gifts that I have for them. So I'm telling you right now that you have gifts as you're sitting here. Some of you resonated with something that I said today, whether it's lunchtime or just meeting somebody or seeing somebody at the the Publix or wherever it is. Somebody resonated with something. And for a moment, you saw your gift. I encourage you to dig, da- dig deep down inside and let the Holy Spirit water that gift so it will grow so we can follow the Great Commission. 
so we can spread his word to all the corners of the earth and to all the nations. Because I'll be honest with you, until we do that, he's not coming. It's our responsibility to spread his word. It's a big one. That 90% should be the opposite. It should be 10% of the people that just don't know how to spread his word. The other 90% are screaming from the hilltops, Jesus saved me. He can help everybody. Come over and have lunch with me, man. I got the best pink stuff in the world. (laughs) Whatever your message is, however you need to get people over so they can feel the love that you have, so they can understand that where you are is not because of your own human mind. Where you are in gratitude is because Christ shows you hope. And that hope is sitting on the cross. We are called to love God, so let us make time for him. Make time for him by serving other people. We open our hearts to prompting of the Holy Spirit when we do that. You want to love God? You really want to truly love God? Truly love God? Love his children. And that's us. Not just in these walls. For all man. Let's go out there and do it. We don't, we don't need it. We understand who Jesus is. We get it. There's billions of people out there that have no idea what they're missing out on. Dearest Father in heaven, thank you so much for this day for blessing us so richly, Lord. Let us go out and serve to the best of our abilities, whether it's financially, spiritually, whether it's just a a helping hand to help somebody else. Let us feel your words today, Lord. Let us go home and dive into your owner's manual of life, the scripture. Let us bless people with everything you've done for us, Lord. Let us be grateful in your name. Let's understand that not everybody knows you, Lord, but we have the power given by you. Through choice, we can go out and we can spread your name, Lord, because we know when we do and everybody hears your voice and everybody understands your words and everybody gets your scripture, Lord, that you're going to come back and take us home. In Jesus' name, amen.